The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. We've got an announcement for you on the Five Reasons Sports Network. We have another watch party. Now, ignore the fact that we are 0-4 in watch parties. We've seen the Dolphins lose twice, the Heat lose, and the Hurricanes lose. It'll turn around we, at some point, Ethan. We're it'll turn around one. at some We're point. We're going to win one. Probably not this Thursday night, but Thursday night, Thursday night at Township in Fort Lauderdale. Now, this is a new restaurant. It's right where Riverfront is. It's on the corner of Las Olas and Andrews. If you're familiar with Tilted Kilt, it's in that space, and they've really done a nice job with it. And we've got drink specials. We've got food specials. We've got beer specials. We've got pretzel specials. they got 20% of their great pretzels all night long, and we're going to have giveaways. So we're going to be giving away five reasons hats. We're going to be giving away Miami Heat Beat shirts. We're going to have hosts there. We're going to be giving away Devontae Parker for a conditional seventh-round pick if you get there early enough and give us that seventh-round pick. So come out to Township. We're going to get out there starting at around 7 o'clock. It's going to be a great crowd. They've got big, big TVs. It's a great space. Hosts from a lot of the different podcasts in our network. We can complain about the Dolphins together, drink, eat, and win free stuff. Welcome to Three Yards Per Carry, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. And welcome to another episode of Three Yards Per Carry. I'm your host, Alfredo Itaga, and I have Chris Coffin here. I do not have Simon Clancy because he is on vacation this week. He's going to be, I would say, gallivanting about the United States watching in my opinion, way too much football. That's but, a side word. Yes. Yes, it is. But I'll give you his itinerary, and you could give me a, a kind of a, a review, would you say, Chris? Okay. On October 31st, he arrives in Chicago. Okay? So far, so I good. I just especially like that your Cuban accent comes out and you say Chicago. Chicago. <laughs> well, how am I supposed to say it? Chicago? Chicago? Or is that just a New Jersey thing? I don't know. It's probably a New Jersey thing. Okay. All right. November 1st, I don't know why he wrote me this, but he just put free day in Chicago. So, so far, it's pretty boring because all he's doing is just, yeah, he's just hanging oh, out you know in Chicago. He can do, you know what he can do in Chicago is uh, is he can visit the, the water fountain from, um, I believe this is in Chicago, the water fountain from, uh, from Married with Children. Oh, he could do that. And he could eat some deep dish pizza, of course. That's true. Okay. November 2nd. I don't know why he did this, but he's in Chicago for two days, and now he writes November 2nd, he drives to Detroit. And November 3rd, he is watching Penn State at Michigan. How's that game? Penn State, Michigan. That's, that's going to be a huge one. This is, this is up in Michigan, I assume. So, um, yeah, it's at Michigan. Wow. Uh, that's that's going to be a really big one. Uh, Pretty good, huh? I, I think what he should do is actually um, is make sure that he gets credentialed so that I can ask uh, Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh, some questions about um, about want- becoming the Dolphins coach uh, next year. <laughs> yeah, that, that that would go over big. Oh yeah. All right. November fourth. Oh, oh, you know what he really needs to do though? He needs to just like sneak up on Jim, Jim Harbaugh and like and like pull the the nose and glasses off his face because you know that that nose of his totally looks fake like it's attached to the glasses have you ever <laughs> yes. noticed, like, when he wears it like it's a different color it's not we, we know it's fake i don't know why i mean maybe maybe he had some bad surgery like michael jackson i don't know but i mean that's a fake nose he went from the hottest coaching prospect ever to a guy that nobody wants now except steve ross still 
Probably. Okay, now he gets on a plane, and he's flying to Boston, and he's going to watch Green Bay Packers at New England Patriots. Oh, boy. <laughs> that's pretty good, huh? That's, that's pretty good. That's, that's, I mean, you know, take aside our, our Dolphins fandom and stuff like that. You're, it's, Aaron Rod- it's Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, and think about it's the Aaron Rodgers that you want to see in a desperate wow. situation on the road against the Patriots. Absolutely. And, and you get to watch Aaron Rodgers beat the tar out of him. I mean, that's, that is fantastic. I mean, that, that's going to be, that's going to be a great. Okay. Then he has a free day in Boston and I don't know what the hell you're going to do there, but, <laughs> yeah, but then he's flying back to Detroit, November 6th, Ann Arbor with Michigan. Okay. He's going to drive to Niagara Falls. Again? Yes. Go back to Michigan. Yeah. He's going, I guess he must be interviewing Harbaugh over there or something. <laughs> but then he's going to drive to Niagara Falls and on November 7th he has a full day in Niagara Falls and then he's driving to Pittsburgh to watch the Panthers at the Steelers Panthers at Steelers I, I could do without that that's not that interesting to me I mean I realize those are those are a couple of good quarterbacks and you know um I won't say his name uh, but uh, Cam Newton and and the other one uh, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, yeah, I could do without that. Maybe. Then he's driving to Niagara Falls a little bit longer. Yeah. Then he's driving to Canton, where okay. the Hall of Fame is, and he's going to meet up with that guy, he's, uh, he's like he told me, the guy that wears the white gloves. He's not going to go to the Hall of Fame, though. I, I'm sure. Like he's he's going to just eat at a at a water burger there or something. Do they have water burger? Well, no. I, he actually gave me the note. I am visiting the Hall of Fame and talking to that guy with the white gloves. Liar. What guy with the white gloves? The, the, the what, is, what is this code for? This is the, code something. The guy with the white gloves that got that football from Drew Brees on the field, remember? He's I the guy that knocks on your door to tell you, hey, you're a Hall of Famer, although you already knew you were a Hall of Famer. You're I right? think it's his ass doctor. Uh, <laughs> then he's driving to East Lansing. He's driving to East Lansing for November 10th, Ohio State at Michigan State. Ohio State at Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Well, the shine is really cool. That game, hasn't it? It <laughs> has. Ohio State, Ohio State just blows it against Purdue. Um, and, and you know, Michigan State, obviously. Yeah. Blew it big time against Michigan. Uh, and this is a really interesting part of his trip. That would have been, been so cool to schedule. He probably did schedule it like weeks ago, but now it's, eh, I don't know. Yeah. Well, this is a really interesting part of his trip because then he's saying that he is renting a car and driving to Milwaukee for November 11th. Is he allowed to drive here? I haven't. Heard. I was wondering that too. Like, if he drives on the other side of the road and a cop stops him, like, is his his, his you know his excuse good enough? <laughs> you know. I you know I actually i i drove i drove in Japan uh, when I was I drove in Costa Rica. Costa Rica. And, oh, that's that's got to be challenging. Yes, extremely. Ch- First of all, there's potholes everywhere, and if they're not potholes, you could, you know, drive right off of a road and kill yourself, like at any moment. Like those narrow roads, and it's, it's mountainous. Yes. That's the worst. That I was driving in, in Japan, where I was driving um, on on the island of uh, uh, Kyushu. Uh, it was like really mountainous and really narrow roads like that, and and there were a couple times where I just kind of like don't think about it. Your your tires is six inches away from yes dying uh-huh. <laughs> you know, from your from your death um, yeah no and in yeah. costa rica it, you know a cow could run right in front of you at any moment too. oh god yeah no it's it's awful it's awful i think i think in japan like maybe just like a, a cute cartoon cow would would show up and yeah and bring but flowers. but i think that his drive is a little bit more perilous because he's driving to milwaukee on november 11th <laughs> <laughs> definitely <laughs> okay, and he's gonna watch Green Bay Packers, Miami Dolphins. Ah, there we go. There's the there's the wow, good tie-in with some news that we have later that we're gonna drop. Yes, yes, but you know, for that game, he was telling me that he needs a winter coat because it's in Green Bay on November 11th. He got so lucky; it's not even funny. If you look at the like the farmer's almanac, mm-hmm. it says it's gonna be 38 degrees in Green Bay. Is this a farmer's almanac? Is that where, is that right? Is that is that a thing? Yeah, it's a, it's like it's a long term. It's what's called a, a long term forecast. Okay, I profess my ignorance here. I, yeah, never... I do that. It, you know, the only reason I know these websites exist is because I do that every single year at the beginning of April to see what the weather is like in Kentucky for the first Saturday in May. Ah. Uh... So that that's the only reason I know these websites exist. So I consulted I my little trusty website, and it says thirty eight degrees. So he got really, really, really lucky. 
Yes, he did. Well, anyway, that's going to be great. That, that could be, that could be an exciting game. But. So what do you give that whole itinerary exciting or would you hate football after watching all that football? Um, I, I give them like a 70% chance of like coming down with some sort of illness during the time, uh, probably stomach related. <laughs> probably yes and otherwise uh he is going to be so exhausted when he's done yes and then of course he is flying home from there so <laughs> that his that is That'll his itinerary awesome. are you kidding me yeah and speaking of simon clancy here is simon clancy talking about our great sponsor bet dsi so you hear me bang on about this every week but it is time for bet dsi They are our excellent sponsors. If you are a gambling person, I am not, but if you are, then these are the guys you need to go to. Why? Well, most people seem to bet online these days, and most people seem to bet on their phones, so they have an outstanding mobile interface. They've been in the game for 20 years, and pretty much they dominate the market because they are the best at what they do, and they're going to offer you essentially free cash, which you cannot grumble at. So in the modern era, in the modern day, Who is going to turn their nose up at free money? I certainly wouldn't. You certainly wouldn't. And if you do, then you are a moron. And frankly, you know my opinion about morons. So get in the game. These Bet DSI boys, they don't mess about. You want to put a bet on. You want to go down the track. You want to bet on football. You want to bet on the NCAA. I mean, next weekend, November 3rd, the the games in the NCAA are ridiculous. College football, there's about... 15 absolute classics. It's going to be one of the great weekends. Get your bets on now with the guys at BetDSI. Esports, MMA, boxing. I mean, there's a great Deontay Wilder against uh, Tyson Fury coming up. The Premier League is back this weekend after the international break. Want a line on it? They've got a line on it. They'll get you a bet on it. They even do like presidential stuff. I bet they even do the Oscars. They've got everything. So join today. Use the code, code YARDS101. That's YARDS, Y-A-R-D-S, YARDS101. One, get in the game, get paid today, get free dollars for betting, free dollars for betting. A couple of weeks ago, Florida State, Miami, if you put £100 on Miami to win and Miami lost, you'd get your $100 back. I said 100 quid, I'm English. you get your $100 back. You don't even lose anything. Astonishing value. BetDSI.com, they are the people to bet with. And thanks for that, Simon. Uh, by the way, the Dolphins are playing this week on Thursday? Mm-hmm. So, tell us, Alf, what are the what, what do we have in store? Five reasons for uh, for Dolphin fans this well, Thursday. We're gonna have a watch party at Township Fort Lauderdale, and it's on two one nine South Andrews Avenue. That's in Fort Lauderdale. Okay, their phone number there is nine five four three three eight four zero seven zero. It's a great place. We're gonna have drink specials. We're gonna have uh, appetizer specials. And we're going to have probably me pretty depressed because it's a Thursday night on the road with the Miami Dolphins. And you know how those things go. What kind of appetizer special would you do for, um, for a, potential, a potential Thursday night road loss? Arsenic. <laughs> Can I have the arsenic burger, please? <laughs> yes. But it's a great place. Uh, everybody who goes, you know, hopefully we get a win. If we do get a win, it's going to be a little bit more enjoyable. If we don't get a win... It's a great restaurant, good food, good company. You're going to have a good time. listen to what we say. We, we might, you know, kid about the, the fact that the Dolphins might lose this game, but, um, but we totally had it wrong this weekend. So, uh, so we're obviously just full of shit. Yes, exactly. But so, anyway. You do have some news. I do oh. have some news, uh, especially on the most important front um, – most important player and the most important thing going on in his life right now, that's Ryan Tannehill, his shoulder injury. Um, also some stuff on Albert Wilson, but uh, which we, we found out some good news today, uh, but that's public. Um, on Ryan Tannehill, though, uh, nothing has happened. No, no setbacks, no um, nothing, uh, no changes of, uh, of their outlook or prognosis or anything like that. It's just that the timeline is sort of coming into a little bit clearer focus. He's um, he's now cleared to start uh, to start working some rehab stuff uh, like a rebounder, which is like a one to three pound medicine ball uh, that you can throw against a trampoline. 
Um, he's not cleared to lift anything overhead yet. He's not cleared to throw a football, uh, but you know, he is cleared to start working on his range of motion and strength. And it looks like the, the timeline that I've been, that I've been uh, given is about 10 days to make an accurate decision about where he is with his shoulder. And that sticks out at me because quite frankly, um, that, that puts us right up against the Jets game. That, uh, to me, with that sort of timeline, the Jets game is uh, certainly questionable, if not doubtful. Um, we already know, and we've told you before, that the Houston game is out. Um, you know, we told you that the Detroit game was out before anybody else did. We told you that the Houston game was out before anybody else did. Well, hell, we told you that the um, – that the Chicago game was out before anybody else did. We're also telling you right now that the Jets game kind of looks a little doubtful just based on the timeline. No, nobody on the team has told us that the Jets game is out. It's just that the timeline is looking awful tight for that. So, um, so that's, that's our news about Ryan Tannehill. Again, no setbacks, no, no changes to the prognosis. No, um, nothing, nothing of that sort. It's just that everything is coming into a little bit clearer focus as far as what they're doing and, uh, and getting him back uh, and getting his strength and rank, range of motion back to try and make this evaluation and see if he can return. Yeah, and I would say, I would add this. If he's going to be right up against that jet game, uh, you know how these rehabs go. The first time he throws, he's going to be sore. Even if he's mm -hmm. perfectly fine to play, he's going to mm -hmm. be sore because he is going to throw plenty. They will mm -hmm. test it. You're talking about him throwing somewhere around a, at least 50 to 100 balls, mm -hmm. all different, all different, you know, distances, strength, power. So he will be sore. So I would yep. say, you know, I'm not going to guarantee it, but two plus two still equals four, which means he probably would not play against mm -hmm. the Jets. Yeah, if I can't. Timeline pushes it right up against it. Eight days, eight days from now will be the Wednesday before that Jets game when they're going to want to have they're going to want to be practicing and have guys throwing. And um, it's just, you know, if, if it's really, if the decision, if the, um, the evaluation isn't really able to be made until more like 10 or, uh, or 11 or 12 days uh, from now, um, then I, I, I do wonder about that timeline, which as we kind of poked at earlier, uh, Simon is going to be there for the Green Bay game uh, when Miami travels up to Green Bay, and that could be Ryan Tannehill's uh, return, uh, depending on, you know, how things go. So um, so we think – we're kind of thinking now that, uh, that not only is the Houston game out, but the Jets game is sort of doubtful for us. That's not a word that that comes from the Dolphins. I have nothing to do with any of their their injury designations or whatever uh or, you know questionable doubtful stuff like that. We're just um we're kind of reading the tea leaves here and and thinking that he might not play in the Jets game. Uh but as for Albert Wilson, we got great news today in that um he has a, a small tear in his labrum and his hip labrum and it is it is not recommended that he get surgery. So he doesn't need surgery. Uh, Non-surgical options are the best course of action. Um, however, it does look it does it does look like he's going to miss the rest of the season. So that's that's sort of the bad news. But he also has a strain in his hip flexor. Um, he, he'll need he'll need a good amount of time uh, without any um, without any work or any weight bearing. Um, so he'll, he'll miss the rest of the season, but he should make a full recovery in the off season and be ready to go for us next year. Uh, when we go to training camp and, and preseason and all that. Yeah. And that's the, that's really is the good news because I was told that it's, it's really an eight to 10 week injury. And had he taken this injury, maybe in preseason, mm -hmm. you might've seen him play this year, but eight to 10 weeks, the recovery time after that, you're basically saying he's maybe a maybe for the first round of the playoffs. And really, would you want to play a guy that just got off of rehab for two months in a first game in the playoffs? No, right? So yeah. it's it's pretty clear that, yes, he is out for the season. But the good news is that if he if they stick to this timetable, and there's no reason to think that they won't, uh, he'll be ready for all the offseason programs. So, yeah. you know, you should have a healthy Albert Wilson. And, and if you're saying, well, you know, we just lost this guy for the year, how is that good news? 
Well, it could have been a hell of a lot worse because he yeah. could have had a fracture. And yes. That was the very first thing that I thought uh, when, when he went down like that. I thought he could have a fracture or a hip dislocation or something like that. And yeah, that- when, I saw, when I saw the injury, when I saw the injury, uh, my first thought was, okay, he dislocated his ankle. You know? oh, really? Yeah, because the, the, the way the guy pulled his ankle back, mm-hmm. you know, I thought, oh, my God, he just dislocated his ankle. Then, you know- well, the way he was laying on the ground funny on his side, I mean, I was yeah. like, and that's yeah. like I'm thinking Jason Allen what happened to him when college before the Dolphins ended up drafting him in the first or even round. worse Bo Jackson or Bo Jackson which is what we always talked about with Jason Allen and whether he was going to make that full recovery is is whether uh you know if you break that hip uh it can go necrotic and you might have to have a hip replacement and god that would have been the worst the the first uh, all I could think and think about because we kept making the it was it was uncanny we kept making the comparison in the off season when we first signed him to mm. um, like the offensive version of Isa Abdul Kadus. Yes. Remember? Because, uh, and we were making this uh, connection because Albert Wilson, like really stood out to us as sort of like an eggheads pick. Yeah. You know, analytics, uh, you know, going really deep into, uh, into what, um, even though he hasn't been a starter, is not an established player and stuff like that. Uh, you know, sort of the egghead brigades pick, for the off season, although I'm sure Adam Gase had a lot to do with it as well. Isa Abdul Kudus was like that too. And yeah, he turned out to be a heck of a safety addition for us until he hurt his neck and then his career was over. Yeah. And, and it's, and it really is a shame because Albert Wilson, you know, it, you hate to really just look into your crystal ball and just start assigning numbers to him, but mm-hmm. he was headed for a big year. He might've scored yeah. 10 touchdowns for us. He might've had a thousand yards. He might've caught 70 balls, yeah. you he know, was, and who knows? Good. He might even ran for like 200 yards. He was going to get more action as we get going. Like yes. it wasn't, it wasn't just going to keep going like it was. Like he was going to get even more action. Yeah, but the good news is that you do have him under contract, and he should return and be one hundred percent next season. You know, yeah. if if all goes well, and there's no reason to think that it won't. Well, Chris, there was a game played this uh, past Sunday. Was there? Yeah, have- and trust me, listeners. We're going to be brief on this game because we do have a ton of news to get to in the second half of the show. But, yes, there was a game played. Mm. And the Detroit Lions just came down here and got every single thing that they wanted. The only moment of excitement that I got, and I will get to the good in a second, but the only moment of excitement that I got was Danny Amendola's touchdown because that game had the look once again of an, an NFC North team coming down here and fading in the heat and us eking out a win. But no, Detroit got the ball and shoved it right up our ass the following drive, and basically game over. You know what's messed up is, and and this is this I, I say this is messed up because this could just be like blind fandom here. But when before they scored that last field goal to go up multiple multiple scores, yes, and we we got we got a, a score and it was down to like eight points. Mm-hmm. I was I was relatively sure for no good reason probably but relatively sure that when we got the ball back we we're going to go down the field and get that t- that next touchdown now, i didn't know whether we we're going to make the two-point conversion that was where i'd been sweating bullets but i really thought like the offense had gotten into a groove yes. and this stays eight points they're going to get it you know they're at home they got the momentum they're you know they're they're going to get it but as yeah. you said yeah i didn't feel very good about the game for one very particular reason and that was that we were playing against Matthew Stafford and he did not turn it over against us yeah and usually when Matthew Stafford loses especially on the road he's throwing a couple of picks or he's fumbling in a key spot and we did none of that our defense was essentially useless for 60 minutes out there on sunday yeah they, I mean, made, they made two plays that I can count. Mm. Uh, the sack by Andre Branch, which is brilliant timing that timing the, the snap and, you know, getting yeah. a kill shot. But with our luck, the ball flew backwards and went out of bounds. And, of course, Kiko Alonso jumping up and deflecting that pass. That would have been a first down, yeah. by the way, because Marvin Jones well, was I mean, he wide open only, in the flat. He wasn't the only one, though. I mean, I wasn't, at one point, Jerome Baker, didn't he blitz and, and jump up and deflect a pass, too? Or yes, he else? did. Yes, he did on the right yeah. side, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they made you know, if that's, if that's If that's one of your big – that's one of your two biggest plays of the, on defense for the day, then you had a rough day on defense. Yes, we did. Um, so, yeah, 
before the game, we're kind of I was kind of because we picked them to win. We picked the the Dolphins to win this game. Yeah, because we expected and Matthew Stafford to maybe not completely implode, but give us a couple Stafford. of turnovers. <laughs> Road Stafford, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, and 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 why do we pick them to win? Well, you know, there's a couple of things, um, and a lot of those things ended up panning out exactly this way on for Miami's offense and the matchups that they could get on um, on Detroit's defense. But uh, but what what really blew it out of the water was just that Miami's defense could not hold against the run, and they were getting dominated on the line of scrimmage. So what would a Dolphins' loss look like? And on that side of the ball, the defense, Miami defensive side of the ball, all I imagine is you know one, it's not that this would happen over and over again, but probably one good play is good, uh, one big play is is good enough where where they beat uh, Bobby McCain deep. Yes. Um, down the sidelines I mean we know that it's coming we know that he's been sort of he's gotten lucky a couple of times in the games that he did play mm -hmm. uh, but and that was know, my concern that was my concern with Bobby yeah. McCain was he is vertical routes. That way. and and I'm not going to say that's going to happen a bunch of times in the game like it did with Tory McTire or something like that I'm, I'm just saying that in some of the, in some game at some point it's going to happen and it's going to hurt he did that did happen and he got he you know, he just hugged the guy because he was beat so bad and he got called yeah. for for defensive pass interference. That was painful. Um, but the other thing that I imagine that on the defensive side of the ball to where this could go south really quickly is if Detroit was able to pound it with on Johnson and LeGarrette Blunt, and that's what they did. And boy, hmm. did that. And really and quite embarrassing. There was two particular plays that were just maddening. And I thought that there were two blown run fits, one for a 71-yard run, and one for a 24-yard run. I know the 74-yard one, one, clearly. Yes. Okay, what did you see in that play? And I'll tell you what I saw. I'll let you take it from here. Okay, I think Raekwon McMillan got, I wouldn't say trampled. I think that he got sticky with a guard when mm -hmm. he had an assignment that he had to fulfill, which is just complete your run fit. You don't have to run into the line. You run to the open space. And he did not. He gets caught into the wash, and Kerryon Johnson runs right through the hole, and he is gone. Well, I thought this time, though, it wasn't T.J. McDonald that was that was blowing the cleanup angle. It was actually Rashad Jones who did. Yes. Uh, so I, that was, you know, that was one thing that stood. Listen, I, I think that in some of these plays, you know, the run fit, the run fit is going to get. I mean, it, it's not going to work sometimes, and yep. sometimes they're going to get out into the second level. That's what you have your deep center free safety for to clean it up and limit this to like a 15 yard game or something like that instead of a 74 yard game. And that's, that's what it ended up being. That's my big complaint about uh, TJ McDonald. And, and now it was Rashad Jones's turn to do that all of a sudden. And that, that was what disappointed me more because we're going to talk about like, you know, the bad run fit that gets them the 15 yards, but what about, the angle that got them the extra 60 you know i mean that's that's what that's what kills me when i when we go back to the uh the christian mccaffrey run in preseason the uh the derrick henry run that was called back mm -hmm. against the titans uh things like that that those those things kill me um so you know i, I get you know the run fit actually the run fits to me were were bad all game. And let me let me finish up finish up the dwelling on the bad here before we move on to some of the good cuz believe it or not there was actually some good in this game. I don't know. Uh the pass rush when the game started we were getting some heat on Matthew Stafford but all of a sudden it stopped and yeah. people wonder okay now where was it the rest of the game? Well, you know where it was? <laughs> it was it was worried about setting the edge and worrying about run fits because they were pounding the hell out of us and getting nine yards per carry. That's where our pass rush went. Trust me, when you run the ball that well against anybody, you're not going to rush the passer. Nobody is. I don't care if you have J.J. Watt and Von Miller on your team, you're not rushing the passer because you're giving up nine yards per carry, which we did. Okay, now let's move on to, let's move on to the good times, stuff. Three times our podcast. Yes. <laughs> yes. Nine yards per carry is what that was. Now, the good. If we were the Miami Heat beat, we would be nine yards per carry. Yes, we would be. <laughs> yeah, we would. Now, the good. I saw one thing that made me smile. Kenyon Drake broke a big one, 55-yard mm. touchdown. Maybe he's off the schneid. Maybe yeah. we're going to get the Kenyon Drake that we got last year down the stretch. And if that happens, mm -hmm. then we're adding a weapon. We're losing Albert Wilson, but we're adding the weapon we wanted 
to have to start the season. And it couldn't have been, it couldn't be at a more needed time because, yes. uh, and, and we talked about this off air, but I wonder if the turning point for him was actually that fumble into the end zone against the Chicago bears. Um, because, you know, he came, he came out, you know, really locked in in overtime and made the big play. And, uh, and then he, he was showing out in this game on his few opportunities with the exception of wow, he should have caught some of those. I, I thought he should, could have caught some of those balls. Yes. That, uh, that he was throwing in the passing game. It was a great matchup and he continues to be a great matchup that way. He's really got to make good on that because that's how you're going to be a superstar player and we need him to be. And, but now you look up and you're like, wait a minute, it's been four games that the defense has been trash. And, yeah. um, and, and that's, that's a problem because I don't see the end to it right now. I mean, I know what the corners can do and I know that they're, they're good. And I know that we have pass rush, but if we're going to get killed by all these tight ends and running backs, not even good tight ends, um, then, then it's, you know, it could be over for the defense. And that means that the offense needs to break out. And if the offense is going to need to break out, they need to find new superstars. And the new superstars, or one of them certainly is Kenyon Drake. So they need to reinvent themselves, and they need to do it quickly. Yeah. Well, that Cincinnati game, they played good defense for three quarters. Then all hell breaks loose on them in the fourth. And then uh, the Chicago Bear game, they played great defense for a half. And then all hell breaks loose on them in the second half. And this one, it was just a beatdown from the beginning. Yeah. You know? I, I, you're right. There, there's, there's a good half of defense against the Chicago Bears. That's true. Four you know? quarters. Four quarters and, and four games. Yeah. Because yeah, they, play, they play none against the Patriots, and they played none yeah, right. against the, the Lions. And so, they got and and mind you that the four quarters against the Patriots were awful defense. The two quarters against the Bears were awful defense, mm-hmm. and the four quarters against the Detroit Lions were awful defense. It's hard to play offense when your defense allows scores on five of the first six drives. Yeah, and three of them were touchdowns. It's true. So, so you know, it's so an avalanche of, of points. It's pretty hard to play offense that. So much way. of it is circumstantial, you know. So much of it is what's happening on the scoreboard that way. Yeah. You know what I saw for probably the first time in this game that I almost died on the spot mm-hmm. is I saw Jakeem Grant be used on like those deep crossers that you see Tyreek Hill running, and uh, and it's like finally, you know, instead of instead of having Jakeem Grant run a you know run a um, an inbreaker. Uh, a square in against uh, press man coverage, a guy that's like six inches taller than him. And then when Tannehill throws him the ball and he falls off the route and the guy nearly intercepts it, you know, Tannehill's bitching him out. And, well, you know who I want to be bitching out? I want to be bitching out the play caller for having Jakeem Grant run a route that I've never seen Tyreek Hill run one time in his entire career. Um, But, you know, if they're figuring out how to use him and if – if the injuries at the position basically forced them to figure out how to use Jakeem Grant, then that's a potential. That's a potential, uh, you know, narrative changer for for this this season. I think I've always thought so. The guy did score like six touchdowns in eight games at one point. Um, you know, going reaching back into last year. Well, we're gonna go to break, and when we come back, we will talk a little bit more about the news of the week. Mm-hmm. But first these words hey juice so october is here and in my mind that means only one thing it is almost time for my favorite event of the year and no big surprise but it's an oj mcduffie party. you know a big set the 17th annual signature grand ghoul presented by calvin giordano and associates will take place on monday october 29th and once again benefits 211 Broward, an amazing charity we are transforming the signature grand into a 100,000 square foot mansion for the sickest halloween costume party in south florida and this costume party is for the grown folk big not people. the kids yeah we're talking open bar amazing food dancing silent auction and of course contests and prizes for the most incredible costumes and since the fish tank will be all up in the ghoul as will a bunch of other hosts from our five reasons sports family let's do a little something special for the listeners so what we need you to do is post a photo in your all-time greatest halloween costume tag your favorite five reasons sports podcast and use the hashtag dive into the ghoul and the top four costumes will have a chance to win two tickets to the signature grand ghoul on that october 29th for more information on how you can join OJ and me at the Signature Grand Ghoul, visit 211-Broward.org and call 954-390-0493 and ask for Tracy. 
And we're back. And we're back on 3Rd Carry. We'll give you some of the news of the week. But first, a word from one of our sponsors, and that's BetQL. Want to get an edge over Vegas and the books? BetQL is available for download, and it's the only mobile app that puts all the important research you need to make smart bets in one place. With BetQL, you can easily access line movement to see how the lines have moved. This app gives you access to public betting trends in real time so you can see which side the public favors. BetQL's powerful algorithm gives users value bets of the day based off of detailed recent and historical trends. You can also calculate your return on your picks and track them throughout the day. The best part of all, you can download BetQL for free from your Apple or Android device. Head to BetQL.co to download the only app you need to outsmart Vegas. That's BetQL.co. BetQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy lineup optimizer trusted by 100,000 DFS players. You can also download RotoQL for free for both Apple and Android. Well, Chris, before we went to break, we talked about that there was going to be some news this week, and that news centered around our favorite little wide receiver. Well, little. not little, but, you know, <laughs> Devontae Parker. Little in stature, metaphorically. Exactly. He's back. And not only is he back, but he's back with an agent calling the head coach incompetent, which is all kinds of interesting, considering that Adam Gase is one of his biggest fans on this team. What <laughs> yeah, do you make? Uh, what do you make of these this turn of events? And is he long for this team? Is it going to work out? You know, somebody actually uh, they posed the question because remember the news came out that uh, Jakeem Grant had been nicknamed by the defensive backs the bully yes. during during training camp and and preseason. As somebody just kind of openly asked the question: If, if Jakeem Grant is the bully, then you know, or nicknamed the bully. What's uh what's Devontae Parker's nickname? And I said <laughs> I said J Mart. <laughs> uh I feel I felt bad for that one. But um but anyway, yeah, Devontae Parker clearly his agent just went off the rails. I think I heard that the guy is has negotiated like two NFL contracts in his uh in his career as a sports agent, so clearly rookie move on his part by by going off the way he did but he might have had a a, a, a positive unintended consequence in that he sort of made Devonte parker look like the mature one which yes. is an, um, a nice change of pace so um i think that uh you know Devonte's handling it pretty well his agent clearly wasn't um so you know I, it's sort of a non-story I, the story to me is is whether he's going to get traded or not because that's still on even if he gets used in this in this uh Houston game on Thursday night uh he it's still got to be a possibility that he can end up traded the next weekend or so um so i you know i, I still can't get that one even with albert wilson done for the year can't get that possibility out of my mind um you know we'll see we'll we'll just have to see how it plays out yeah i think uh he might have just stayed on the team, although I think he's gone at the at the end of the season. Mm. Uh, I don't see where they get anything for him. I know that the reports are out there that they wanted a third-round pick for him. Yeah, uh, that was BS. Yeah, I'm here to tell you that those reports are erroneous. Uh, uh, there's no way they get that report because the only people on this team that would know about the actual compensation is not even Adam Gase. It's going to be Mike Tannenbaum. It's going to be Chris Greer. So unless one of those two guys leaked it to Ian Rappaport or whoever was the one who initially reported that, then it's just not true. Now, could they be wanting to – are they trying to trade him? I'm sure they are. I've said this before, and I think I said it in one of our earlier pods in the offseason. Uh, the Miami Dolphins and pretty much every other NFL team is actively seeking out trading partners for all kinds of players all throughout mm. the year – during the season, right up until the deadline. And you'd be surprised to find out that, oh, my God, the Dolphins actually called the, the Steelers over Le'Veon Bell. Well, I'm, I'm not sure if they, they called them or not, but would it surprise me one bit if they just, you know, put in an exploratory call to see what it would take to get such a talent? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it, it's happened before. Has it happened with Patrick Peterson? I'm pretty sure it has happened before because it happens all the time. Now, do trades get consummated? No, but – that teams talk to each other absolutely so is 
can Devontae Parker be had for the right price? I'm pretty sure he will be. But is the right price a third-round pick? I don't think that that report is accurate. But what about Patrick Peterson? I got to ask this. I got to ask this on Twitter. So I think it's, you know, appropriate. And would you, would you trade for Patrick Peterson? Well, look, I love Patrick Peterson and uh, you would add a Patrick Peterson. So then you could say, voila, look what I have created. I have created the greatest secondary in the NFL. Still you know what I mean? You have Xavier Howard, you have Patrick Peterson, Minka Fitzpatrick, Rashad Jones, Bobby McCain. That's the best secondary in pro football. Now, here's the downside. You got to pay him. Although his contract is, you know, it's it's okay for next year because I think he's owed $11 million. Yeah, but he uh, wants a new one. He That's wants a new one. Exactly. And in a year, you're probably going to have to give about $80 million to Xavier Howard. So what, you're going to pay two cornerbacks $80 million? Yeah. You know, I don't. It, the salary cap is not designed for for it to work that way. Mm-hmm. So that's strike number one. Strike number two is what it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you probably a first round pick. And if you believe like we do on this podcast that we're probably going to have to get a little creative to find a quarterback in the off season, <laughs> you're probably going to need that first round pick. That's you know, that's probably going to cost you for Patrick Peterson. You're probably going to need that first round pick to, you know, dangle it out in front of somebody to get, you know, some quarterback somewhere, maybe a Derek Carr, maybe a Garoppolo, who knows? Or maybe you need it to move up in a draft to take the guy that you want early in the first round. So, yeah, it's a great idea. It's just not feasible. You know, in a salary cap sport, if we had no salary cap, I'd be banging the table right now saying, okay, let's make an elite unit. Let's just, you know, go get this guy and sign him because he is still extremely effective. I think Pro Football Focus had him as the number one ranked corner coming into last weekend. So, yeah, he's absolutely effective. I think he went five weeks, and that is a terrible team, by the way. Yeah. He went five weeks allowing a catch per week and none over 11 yards. So that tells you all you need to know about what Patrick Peterson is. But I don't think that we're a trading partner for him. Yeah, I mean, even if you get him, even if you get him, evidently we're, we won't be able to cover a slow tight end, let alone the fast ones and the, the good ones. Yeah, so, um, yeah. You know, which is something I was wondering why – you know, Minka Fitzpatrick hasn't been more on tight ends now that we do have Bobby McCain back, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's it's, it's fair thought. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Question for uh, for Matt Burke. Um, I, I've said this before, and, you know, with all due respect to, to Matt Burke, um, you know, I, I think I just have a gut feeling. Again, these are my gut feelings, you know, uh, which you can probably just – throw away in the garbage for for all that they matter but um uh, i think this time next year we're going to have a different defensive coordinator and i think it's going to be one sort of of the saban uh odd front ilk uh combining with already established uh, practices and coverages that we have in the defensive secondary that are very nick saban coverages um and you know they're modular like savings they they have the you know they have his um his triangle coverages and stuff like that um i think that they're gonna marry that with a different uh defensive front approach next year or you know if if matt burke is still here i think that they're gonna make some changes that way yeah um so i i think that this time next year we're gonna be looking at a little bit different different defensive front which means that we're, we're gonna have to take some take to you know that defensive front on the personnel side and get some more bodies, get some, some guys that fit. Yeah. And, Cause uh, uh, I, and I, and I'll tell you why uh, there comes a point where you just have to tell your coach, we gave you enough talent. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is not a talent thing. I'm sorry. Uh, if, if you want to accuse us of being homers, go ahead. Accuse us of being homers. I know what the hell I'm talking about. Okay. Yeah. And I know who the hell I'm looking at watching play every Sunday. Xavier Howard is a stud. Rashad Jones is our best player. Minka Fitzpatrick is a stud. Bobby McCain is an upper echelon corner. He's now, is he a top 10 corner? No, but he is absolutely a top 25 corner. Okay. Mm-hmm. Vincent Taylor has been a good performer. I like Devon Gadja. 
Robert Quinn is a good player. Cameron Wake is a near Hall of Famer. Kiko Alonso is a good player. How many more good players do you want on this defense? Yeah. At some you know, point, your, your most teams concept is not there. Yeah, most teams don't have this many good defensive players. I'm sorry. Okay? Now, if your defense still sucks and you and you have all of these players that we kind of agree are – like, you agree with me, right? I'm not crazy, right? No, you're, not, you're not off. You're not off. I, I think the defensive tackles in particular, I had a lot of doubts about them heading into the year, and I think that they've surprised me a lot on the upside, particularly, like, you know, Vincent Taylor. Um you look at him, uh, not not Jordan Phillips, obviously they got rid of, but yeah, there's 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 been upside. Jonathan Woodard has been giving you upside on the for you know on the defensive end um, group. I think that there's there's players there. There should be enough there to get more done than what you saw against the Detroit Lions. Uh, Absolutely, Jerome Baker has been a nice, pleasant surprise. Yeah, exactly. he does make rookie mistakes and we've seen it we've we've seen Raekwon make some rookie mistakes as well but I think that these guys are all being put in positions that are taxing them and 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 maybe maybe there are different ways to do it and uh especially on the defensive front um so we'll see all right more news Woodard returns I think that's extremely important because other news Charles Harris is out again this week So, yeah, I think that we, we really felt the loss of not having defensive ends against the Detroit Lions. When Harris comes back, it'll be interesting. Uh, but you know, I really thought that after being virtually missing for the first bunch of games, in the, the last game that he played, Harris actually, he was not missing. Uh, he, he made some plays. He was doing all right. And they definitely have started using him from an up position more often. And uh, I think it suits him. And um, so, I, th- you know, it, interesting trends there with him when he does come back. But certainly Jonathan Woodard is a, is a great find, something to be uh, encouraged about going forward in the future. Um, and getting him back will be a nice, nice bonus. All right, more news. Kenny Stills out. Yeah. Who replaces him? How do you replace him? Jakeem Grant is uh, is the guy that that runs those deep routes uh, anyway, so I think that that's sort of an easy plug in there. I think that um, that Danny Amendola continues to play in the slot the way that he does, uh, and then um, I guess Devontae Parker is going to play, uh, and so you know he's gonna he's gonna take a, a pretty big role in this game as well it'll just take up the role that he had last year I think I think this is actually maybe the most intuitive setup that they've had in a little bit with Jakeem Grant running the routes led uh, Kenny Stills would and Devontae Parker coming back and Danny Amendola still continuing to work the slot so it'll be interesting to see if there's some chemistry and they actually start making some big plays but remember that if Jakeem gets off the rails, you know, this guy's a game breaker. This guy makes an 80 yard play happen just out of nowhere. Yes. You know, that, that's, that's what you need. I mean, make plays to win games. So get him unhooked. You know, and I said this on Twitter uh, earlier this week. uh, I think it could be a blessing in disguise that we're down all these wide receivers. Mm -hmm. Because then we might see some 21 personnel and, you know, I, I like to see Jakeem Grant out there. I would too. You know, in, in 21, 21 personnel? personnel or Sorry, 21 and 12 personnel. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I liked the 20 personnel that they had been doing. They had been doing at certain times too. But, um, you know, 12 personnel uh, and, and Jakeem Grant ma- mix very well together. They're, the production is yes. – I've shown the stats before. Uh, from 2017 and maybe even a little bit from 2018 when they have Jakeem out there on 12 personnel in particular um, they get really good results in the running game they get good results in the passing game and and there's a reason for it there's there's certain kinds of coverages that they that 12 personnel kind of forces you to play um, that that helps with the ground game that helps with the you know with with some aspects of the passing game and you know, especially with base personnel out there. Um, yeah, I'd like to see that a lot more. <laughs> yeah, AJ Derby not likely to play, but mm-hmm. one guy who seems to be likely to be activated for Thursday's game is Kalen Balaj. 
and yeah. we made a lot of jokes about it here on on this podcast and I felt and I said so after week one that it's going to be a lost season although he'll play some on special teams but as far as him getting carries if he gets carries it means that one of our top two running backs got hurt yeah, well that and that would not be good and Adam Gase kind of revealed that if there's a pinch Kellen Balazs has been working at wide receiver in mm. camp so we might see him in a couple of packages so it could be a very interesting game plan on Thursday. But, of course, that's, that's for our preview podcast, which will be released tomorrow. So that's interesting in and of itself. Yeah. How would you use them, Chris, right before we get out of here? How would you use I'm them? At, I'm, I'm thinking about how, uh, how the South Florida Bulls use, uh, use that fat ass of theirs, Tyree McCants. Um, <laughs> I, I don't mean to be cruel here, but let's face it. He is a five foot eleven and two hundred and fifty pound receiver, and uh, you know he's not. It's not all rock, all right. You know, yeah, he's got a belly, and uh, and everything. Um, you know, they use him as, as a wide receiver, and I don't know how he, he's able to outrun the people that he is and and go deep like he is even at that that size. Um, but you can use him in a lot of run after catch situations, a lot of slot duties. Um, like little, you know, little, uh, little flat routes, a little, uh, little curls, um, the, the curl areas. I mean, you can, you can use him for a lot of run after catch stuff, uh, because of the size and the power. And that might actually be an in interesting thing for Kalen Balazs because some of the things that Simon and I had nitpicks about him as a runner really are just like his vision and, um, and his, you know, sort of his willingness to, to, bucket up in there and go north south um i think that you start using because he has such great hands yes and so you start using him as a run after catch receiver maybe that could be interesting actually i mean get him matched up against the right guy he might just bowl somebody over right so. yeah and he was working with luke fock this week so <laughs> which is really interesting because they asked they asked adam gates about it and he goes well we're working him out at receiver right now <laughs> so <laughs> That was when he also said that very interesting line about, well, we have no receivers left, so I guess Devontae Parker has to play, <laughs> which wasn't a ringing endorsement. That's, that's wonderful. Yeah. All right, guys. Remember, subscribe. Rate us five stars. If you're going to rate us one star, then don't rate us at all, okay? But subscribe. Listen to all the podcasts on the network. And, of course, you know, we have our preview of Thursday night, Texans, Dolphins, and our next podcast. Till then. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.